we focus so much on the federal and state that we don't focus on what's going on locally, right? And so what's going on in your town? What's going on in your county? And those are where a lot of decisions are made. You're listening to Illogical by Truth. This podcast decodes the language, decisions, and hidden areas of local power that often seems illogical to residents. The goal of this podcast is to empower people to engage locally and to understand how significant it is to be aware and active at the local level. Once local government is logical, it will become meaningful and provide the benefits that allows for people to live a thriving life. Welcome to another episode of Illogical by Truth. And today we have such a special guest with us today. Uh, David Ellis is the county manager for Wake County, one of the largest counties in North Carolina and one of the most significant counties in the country because of its growth and its reputation across the nation in terms of consuming new residents. And so with that consumption comes new issues. <laughs> and so for me, uh, in order to really highlight how significant local government is and should be to residents, your position as county manager is critical. And so uh, I want to welcome today to the podcast, Illogical by Truth, David Ellis. Thank you. And just one small correction. Uh, we are, Wake County is the largest wow. uh, county in North Carolina. We surpassed wow. uh, Mecklenburg a couple of years ago. Wow. So, so we, are, we are with the largest county. So again, we, we can't have a podcast about unlocking power local power for residents and empowering people if we're not talking about this position. And what David Ellis performs and how he performs in his role impacts every county across North Carolina. Um, and you see some of these ripples in other states. So with that, I want to jump in first with how did you land at that position? How did you get... <laughs> How did you get to that role? You know, it's it's a it's an interesting story, and I am probably um, different than most county city managers with my background. I started out as a social worker uh, when I got out of college and worked for about twelve to fifteen years as a social worker, mm -hmm. and recognized that working with families, while I enjoyed it, you could maybe help one family, maybe two families at mm -hmm. a time, and I recognized that being able to help influence policy you could really help more families. And so um, I had some great mentors in Virginia who encouraged me to branch out, uh, was selected for an internship program in the county executive's office in Fairfax and went back to school. Uh, the county paid for me to go back to school to George Mason and receive an MPA. And that kind of started my pathway um, into administration. Now, our podcast started with Ella Baker. Mm -hmm. That's how we launched this conversation. And we talked about the wave across the country that she created just in the basement mm -hmm. at Shaw University, which is HBCU in Raleigh. And nobody knows about Ella Baker. Even right. if you ask people that are in Raleigh, they don't know. Right. Your position holds a lot of responsibility and influence for many lives. Mm -hmm. How did you 
What was the moment in which you first realized that this is a big deal? Like I'm touching, because you said you wanted to go from micro to macro. Right. How did you know that, okay, I'm touching quite a few human beings? I would, that's that's a really good question. Um, probably, I, I, I'll come over and talk about COVID, but COVID was probably the moment um, it all mm. came together, right? Because... Mm. Um, I believe most folks are more um, affiliated or aligned with the municipality that yes. they live in. Um, as you said, many times people don't know or understand where the borders lie. That's right. And they may not be sure what the county is responsible for, what the city or what a town is responsible for. But during COVID, because the county has the responsibility for providing um, health, depart- health department and services mm-hmm. that, go along, that go along with that, you know, suddenly we were touching pretty much all 1.1, million people um, in Wake County. And the ability to coordinate with our municipal leaders, uh, get information out, um, that's when I realized, you know, we are really touching uh, and making the lives, um, making an impression on the lives of folks in Wake County. Mm, Now, I grew up in a a faith tradition, um, my mother was an evangelist and she always had us in the community. And we were trained to be more connected to the conditions of the of the human being mm-hmm. um, before we reach any of the other categories of class or mm-hmm. race, whatever. And I think that was the beginning of, I call it the social worker gene. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like that was the social worker gene that sort of like started me on this journey of wanting to to be in education and to care about mm-hmm. that trend of suspension and, and incarceration rates. When did that social work gene birth in you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you and I share something. Uh, my um, my father and grandfather were ministers in uh, Spotsylvania, Virginia, and so you know it was. I tell people all the time, it was a calling. We would be at home on Saturdays, and someone would come by, and they want to get married. And Dad would say, go upstairs, put your clothes on. We're going to marry this couple. And, you know, I saw how, um, you know, first was the family, then church. Mm -hmm. But my father would give the shirt off his back, do whatever he had to do for uh, family, people in the church, even if people he didn't know. But it was that important to him. And so I I joke with people, and they joke with me, that I was trying to run away from the ministry, but I ran into <laughs> something um, similar where I f- could make a difference in the lives of people. Yeah, I, 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 share, I share that with you because my, my mother to this day, um, she said, I, I called you Terrence, and I, and I, I, I wrestled with her. I said, mm-hmm. Mom, I, why did you name me Terrence? Out of all the names in the world, mm-hmm. she said, Terrence, one day, that name is going to touch a lot of lives one day, mm-hmm. and 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 David, just from serving with you on boards and seeing you in the community, and just your disposition to care for others, um, your name is touching quite a few mm-hmm. lives. Um, and so, I want to delve into what does that look like. Mm-hmm. And so, my very first question that pertains to your position versus the human being behind the position. Um, can you describe for the listeners, some of our listeners have never heard of a county manager or a city manager. Mm-hmm. They've never heard of They just know that there's a mayor, <laughs> and the mayor is, is a CEO of many of their mm-hmm. minds, and that mayor is executing across regions, mm-hmm. and they don't know 
about the county commissioners or the county manager. And so can you describe sort of key responsibilities and functions of your role as a county manager? Right. And can you help people get clarity around the d- distinction between that and a city manager? Sure, I will do my best. And some of the, some of the challenges lie where people may have lived before they mm-hmm. moved here, right? So uh, in North Carolina, you have the, uh, what's called the council manager form of government. And so you have an elected body that is responsible for developing policy. And then you have the administrative side, which I lead, which is responsible for implementing the policies of the board and uh, goals and things of that nature. And so I would say probably the biggest responsibility is the development of um, a balanced budget Mm -hmm. every year. So every year by July 1st, uh, the county has to have a balanced budget Mm -hmm. in place uh, for the next fiscal year, which would start July 1. Um, And so we have like a great team of folks who... um, you know, we work with starting, we probably started about a month ago, started talking about budget priorities, you know, how do we, you know, uh, pay for employees, uh, expansions of programs, uh, programs that may not be um, doing as well as we would like, you know, making changes or eliminating those types of things. So the budget is probably the biggest thing because we've got to get it right mm-hmm. every year. Um, and I will say, um, a and this was before I got to Wake County, but um, if you don't have a strong financial foundation in local government, you're, you're not going to be able to do the things, mm-hmm. a lot of the things that people would want you to do. Um, so I also serve as the chief personnel officer within the organization. Um, I have an HR director who I delegate that to, and she is just wonderful. And so, you know, we have, um, I'm going to brag on them a little bit, but, you know, we've lowered our vacancy rate to around 10%. Wow. Um, just being creative, trying some different things, being assertive out wow. on the market. Um, wow. And so, you know, th- those are probably my two biggest um, buckets. And then leading the organization, right? So I am not an elected official, but I am um, essentially a chief administrative officer for uh, Wake County government. And so I'm working with um, our employees, making sure they have what, the resources that they need to have to do the job um, is critical. A city manager um, or town manager, they have a lot of the same responsibilities. Where it differs, we have some countywide responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you look at EMS services, when you look at funding for the school system, when you look at um, health and human services, those are things that the county is solely responsible for. So we also are responsible for um, zoning, but only in the unincorporated area, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the municipalities have responsibility for zoning within their um, within their jurisdiction. Um, some of the things that we do that are similar. So um, we work closely with Raleigh we, on um, housing affordability. Mm-hmm. Um, um, looking at uh, develop bringing new units online. Um, I'm proud to say that you know a lot of the municipalities now have housing affordability plans that they've yeah. developed over the last four or five years. And now, you know, how do we kind of bring all of those plans yes. together into one for the county? And so I think that you know there's there's that aspect that is um, uh, when you look at a town or a municipality, a lot of times they'll have recreation programs. Okay. We typically don't have recreation programs. We'll have parks. Excuse me. And in many cases, we have kind of passive parks. Okay. But we've also led 
in terms of developing greenways and working with the municipalities to connect the greenways mm-hmm. to the ones in, out there so you have more of a flow. Um, the county took the lead on uh, the transit rever- okay. referendum back in 2016, I believe. And so really, we're, and, and, and again, these are things that we couldn't do by ourselves, but yeah. working with the municipalities um, to figure out how do we move people. And, and one thing I, I, I want to make sure I say is um, this area, this county in particular, the ability of the 12 municipalities in the county, mm-hmm. nonprofit, school system, mm-hmm. you know, Wake Tech and others to work together is yeah. just amazing because what you see is everyone's focus can stay focused on what's what's in the best interest of the county, yeah. right? Yeah. And sometimes um, place other places, you know, you can get, well, I want what's best for it's me over cool. here and, and things can get out of whack. And so this, this area has really done a good job of keeping folks, making sure folks are aligned, having tough conversations. Yeah. We're not always going to agree, yeah. but being able in the end to say, okay, here's what's best. You know, I want to I want to rewind because uh, one, you mentioned something that's pretty impressive in this season. We are seeing vacancies across all industries. Mm-hmm. We don't have teachers. We don't have bus drivers. We don't have city staff. This is all across the country. Mm-hmm. We don't have you know. We have vacancies in tech companies. I mean, everywhere. And for you to to reduce <laughs> the number of vacancies actually really impressive for those who are listening <laughs> on this recording. Um, so I just wanted to say what, what the conditions, the working conditions you're creating in your environment is actually uh, pretty amazing um, to be able to accomplish that in this season. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's it's a lot of times we get focused on pay, right? Mm. And, and pay is an issue. Uh, I, I always tell people pay isn't an issue until it becomes an issue. And once it becomes an issue, it is challenging, yeah. right? But it's also about creating um, the, the culture of the organization. It's being able to um, recruit and tell people what the show people what the job is going to be. Right. So in government, many times, you know, here's an accountant three. Yeah. yeah you know. Yeah. You, you read the job description; it's not very exciting. That's right. Um, but our folks in HR and communications have done a really good job of helping people understand connecting that accountant three to the work that they would be doing and the outcomes and how it would help in the community. And so, um, we, we, you know, our board has just been uh, very supportive. We added, they supported adding two days of wellness leave mm-hmm. for folks, right? Recognizing that stress is real. Yes. Um, behavioral health issues are real and yeah. giving folks the ability to say, hey, I need to, yes, I need sir. a day. You know, you still have to go through the process of getting it approved, but you know, giving folks that opportunity. And so our board um, has just been very supportive. And I tell people, you know, um, we've added positions because the other piece of it is a workload piece, yes. right? If if someone, when you we are going through the vacancy and then we had like a 21% vacancy at EMS a few years ago, um, you know, that wears on the people who yes. are still there. And so yes. um, making sure that we can recruit, um, we've gotten very aggressive in our recruiting we know where people are moving from mm. to Wake County. Mm. And so when we are unable to find folks here, we'll target some of those areas, right? Um, and so we've, we've tried to be very comprehensive in our approach, and we know um, we, we've got to stay on the, 
the, on top of our game, I'm voluntary benefits. Yeah. You know, being able to offer voluntary benefits that make you know, make it easier on person on a person. They don't cost the county anything, mm-hmm. but they can sign up through HR. Um, so we've we've really um, taken a comprehensive approach to recruitment and retention. Right, we want to keep the folks that we have here. And so we've, we've, you know, we've went through, we've had a compression study, we've adjusted some things. So that has helped to kind of stop folks from leaving um, and address and adjusting the workload. The, the organizational piece is what, what I tell, I've told the board, we've had good conversations about this is, you know, I can tell people, you can tell people you value them, mm. right? But at some point they want to see how, right? Are you, yeah. are you, do your words match, match your actions, yes. right? And so we've tried to uh, be very thoughtful and strategic in that. And there's, there's two, and I know I keep going backwards. You're, you're dropping several nuggets. I want to make sure people hear it. You keep referencing your connection to the board or to the county, and you say you're not an elected official. Right. Can you help people understand that relationship of yes. your role? Like, if you're not elected, how are you hired? Like, how, <laughs> Like, how do you exist? (laughs) So um, uh, in a council manager form of government, the uh, council um, is elected by the people, and then they appoint an an administrator, chief administrative officer, to run the organization. Uh, And so, um, you know, it's interesting because I think right now I've been in this role six years, and I think there are only two people left that— were there when they hired me. And so, um, you know, it's, you're going to have new elected officials ever so often. And so our job is to make sure is not to get into uh, partisan issues, but to do the work that the board has directed us to do. Now, um, thank you for clearing that up. Now I want to go to the budget. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The budget is, it's, the budget is a small, what, five, six letter word, but it's actually a big process. Mm -hmm. And I've sat in the debates for the funding for public schools, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a that's a that's a meeting. So I'm trying to get people to understand the weight that you have to balance, and there's no wrong answer. Right? You're actually, people are really advocating out of need, and so you have people who don't want taxes to go up. You have people who want the school board to get more money, and mm-hmm. now you're managing one of the largest school districts in the country. Like, we're not talking about a small, (laughs) you know, you're talking about a massive institution that's coming to you for funding. And you're dealing with affordable housing crisis. (laughs) You're dealing with, I mean, just so much. You're dealing with foster care Mm -hmm. and and sort Mm -hmm. of having to make. So I just want people to understand the tensions that you have to sort of, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, budget season is very challenging. Um, I'll I'll try to tackle the school system first. Um, We have a great school system here. Um, I've had the opportunity to work with uh, Kathy Moore um, for a number of years. I met Dr. Taylor and anticipate having um, a strong relationship with him. Um, you know, the, the state is the primary funder of the school system. Um, the county has, um, due to the size and, and what... Um, size of the school system and the things that they would like to see because, you know, it's, if you're in Wake County, 
versus Bladen County, the schools are probably going to be different sizes. You're going to need different, different number of administrators, all types of things. And so the county has, over the years, uh, become kind of the secondary funder mm. with the school system. And right now, I think we're... I think the last budget was $650, $660 million um, for the school system. Um, and so there's that tension. And then I have an organization of about 5,000 employees, mm-hmm. right? So I've got to make sure that um, we are looking at changes. So we're, we're dealing with Medicaid uh, expansion, you know, we're, so, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be, you know, we added some positions for Medicaid expansion, but um, you know, it's not the positions, it's, you know, office space or do, you know, but even if folks are working at home, technology, things of that nature. And so I have to make sure that um, my priority is making sure that those 5,000 employees that work in Wake County have the tools and resources they need um, to be successful. And so, you know, it's really a it's a budgeting act. We depend a lot on our department heads to, when they come in and, and tell us, okay, here's what they're seeing. You know, we're moving into, um, a few years ago, we started business planning meetings, and now we're in the process of developing a strategic plan. The county had never had a strategic plan before. And we have, um, looking at um, including an equity lens along with that. Mm-hmm. So we're we're starting to pull some pieces together that will help us in the future make priority decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a balancing act. I mean, budget season, I tell people, is not for the faint of heart yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're yeah. administrator because um, I don't think people are asking for more than yeah. what they need, right? Yeah. It's just a matter of the bucket is only so big and how do you how do you kind of uh, distribute it? And that, that segues neatly right into the next question. What are the specific challenges you face in your positions mm-hmm. that, that seems pretty um, unique to your position? And how would that lens change if you were a city manager? That's a really good question. Um, so a city so a city manager is, is going to be focused on what they need to accomplish within that municipality. And I say that, but I want to be clear that the folks that in the city and the towns here, we all work together, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we're, while the budget may be focused internally, we don't necessarily work in silos. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so one of the things that I have to think about is, um, <laughs> so we use EMS as an example, right? How do we, in a county of almost 1.2 billion, excuse me, million people, make sure we have the resources to get ambulances and personnel across the county, right? Um, you know, if it's in a small, uh, a constrained geographical area like Raleigh, okay, yeah. but we also have, we've got to make sure we've got enough resources for Zebulon, enough resources for Wendell. Um, and so we are constantly looking at where growth is occurring and trying to plan out in the future um, where we may need uh, buildings, EMS and um, fire buildings. Um, we've been doing those together. But it's 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 really trying to look at the county as a whole. Um, I meet with the uh, town and city managers every other month, and okay. we kind of share issues, share challenges. We, t- we have some very high-level discussions about budget and things of that nature. But it is a... Um, our focus has got to be on 
countywide. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, you want to make sure it, it's, it would be easy if we, if we didn't focus on, it would be easy for folks to say, well, you don't focus here or you don't focus there. So we are cognizant of that, trying to make sure that as a county, um, we are spreading the resources as appropriate. And you, you, you uh, I want to zoom into just what I have witnessed from your leadership. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've really saturated Ella Baker in the soil of, of, of this podcast mm-hmm. because she had a leadership philosophy. Mm-hmm. And she said, strong people don't need strong leaders. And I have witnessed your team mm-hmm. of strong people. I mean, you have you are a recruiting machine. <laughs> I have, and, and and I say that because I, I've I've touched your 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 work environment in several different ways. Mm-hmm. I touch it in public schools. I do a lot of work with public schools. I touch it in child welfare. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of work with child welfare, um, affordable housing. I touch it in affordable housing. Um, your equity work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I touch sort of your tentacles in in those four areas. And the human beings that you have doing that work are pretty impressive individuals. And I, and I say that because the county, how the county operates, recruit work, all of that is shifting and changing. Mm-hmm. And you have recruited some dynamic individuals to sort of take it by the horn and mm-hmm. run. Um, and I could just, I could just zoom into your affordable housing efforts. You're affordable housing efforts was having these conversations five years ago, <laughs> five years ago. I witnessed, mm-hmm. I, was, I was in the audience listening to your team say, hey, there's like the sky is falling. Right. Like, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> the sky is going to fall. Right. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, we're doing great. Looking forward to the opportunities. You have an amazing team that you have a man. I call them the, the, the Avengers. You, have, you, you, are, you have put together the Avengers for a task that mm-hmm. ha, that's in that scope. Um, how do you foresee opportunities in the future? It looked like you've planned well. You have low vacancies. You have um, a very strong budget. Um, you have a very strong team. What opportunities do you see for the future of just county work? Yeah. So I will, I will say, um, it's, it's funny you used Avengers because I've used that term <laughs> with them. But I, my philo- one of my philosophies is I don't want average employees. Ah, that's good. I want the best, that's right? That's good. That's good. And um, I want people who are smarter than me, that's right? That's good. Um, because there's no way I can know everything, right? Yeah. But, and, and one of the things we're doing now is, is it's the cross-pollination, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you look at an org chart, you know, you've got, you've got the boxes where you've got names in it. But so much of the work now is ho- happening in that gray area, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you've got to have people who can operate in that box and out of that box. So and so that's one of the things that when I, you know, when we have a vacancy, I really kind of um, look for yeah. folks, I've, I, I keep kind of a mental Rolodex of people I've met at conferences in different places, um, but I've been blessed. Um, uh, you look at uh, Emily Lucas, Dwayne Holder, uh, Ashley Jacobs, Jose Cabanas, um, Denise Foreman, and Ben Canada. I mean, we just have a group that we, we've kind of 
gelled. Mm. Um, we support one another. And I think going into the future, it's going to be more of that. Um, gotcha. One of my one of my concerns, you know, we've, we've talked about the housing affordability, but this all ties in again. Transit. That's right. Right? That's right. Um, That's so right. That's right. by 2030, I think by 2030, we're projected to be around one, no later than 2030, 1.25 million people mm. in the county. And, you know, I, as we were joking before, I lived in Northern Virginia. I remember how bad that traffic was, mm, right? And good. I don't want this area to get like that. I mean, that's good. We we you know the BR we've got we have BRT mm-hmm. kicking off. We have bus service out in some of the municipalities, but the beauty of of Wake County is the quality of life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when traffic starts to impact your quality that's of right. life, um, that is. That's right. You, you lose it. I, I think the other thing is when I think about the housing affordability, and we've started having some discussions about this, especially around the homeless piece, it's more than just housing. That's right. Right? It's That's economic right. mobility, right? How do we help folks um, develop a career path? So we were talking workforce development, That's right? right. Um, because the cost of that home is always going to go up That's more right. than likely, right? right. But if if that person's income isn't going up, at some point it is going to be a major struggle for them to stay in that home. And so, um, you know, really how do we make sure that transit, economic mobility, housing affordability, that we're, instead of looking at them separately, we're looking at them as a package, so. And I I, I appreciate you connecting each of those issues together. Um, and, and that's what I appreciate about, appreciate about you and your team. Um, the person who's leading your affordable housing have been without a home before. Mm-hmm. So they understand the connection between needing to mm-hmm. keep a job and needing to. So, I mean, you, you've, you've hired very well. And Can I tell you a quick story? So yeah. I, I got to tell you, I've been blessed, too, because our housing director and I both lived in Northern Virginia, but it was at different times. Wow. And so— Someone I had worked with called me one day and said, hey, I know this person. They're going to move to Wake County. Um, they're dynamic. They have all kinds of housing experience. I said, okay, send her. And we had just, I think I had just gotten approval for the position. She walked in my office, started talking, and I'm sitting there like, oh my goodness. You know? So I, I've been lucky and blessed, so I'll also say that. And so, and so with... with with that, I know that many of the human beings that I've I've engaged with have a very um, aggressive vision for the future mm-hmm. that has um, solutions embedded in that sort of goals and objectives. How do you create a dynamic human being and vision of human beings? Mm-hmm. How do you collaborate with other entities and municipalities that may not have that that same scope? Right. Well, I, th- I think you have to meet them where they are, mm, right? Um, and, you know, six years ago, seven years ago, there was very little discussion about housing affordability. Mm. The city of Raleigh had been had been doing some excellent work around it. The county, we had a small division within human services, and I pulled it out and created a department. And so, but you look at where we are now, yeah. right? And yeah. so... 
the more we can be supportive, the more we can show what's going on. I think the other big thing is, and uh, we've talked about this, we have to stop talking about AMI, yeah. right? Because yeah. there's a difference in saying 42,000 yeah. versus, just make this up, you know, 60% AMI or something yes. like that. AMI is not necessarily real to people, That's but right. when you suddenly you start talking about, you know, someone who makes 50,000 is barely hanging on, That's right. and you look in your office and you have people who are making that, That's right. it becomes a little, it's more real, it's more tangible. That's right. And, and- AMI is this average medium Sorry. income, and, and that's used to um, determine who is um, uh, living in uh, conditions where their income is going more towards housing than it should. And so that 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 is the metric by which they measure who needs affordable housing and who don't. And so the AMI um, is a moving target. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Wake County is absorbing high salaries, um, individuals with high salaries. So that means the AMI may increase. So affordable housing may be somebody for, for $80,000 a year or $100,000 a year. But if you say affordable housing, you're thinking $20,000 a year, 30. Right. And, and that's so, my, my first job as a social worker was actually working in a um, Section 236 property, mm-hmm. right? And so the perception of folks was that they were not working, right? Mm-hmm. That's good. More than likely, they were working, but they were making, they weren't making enough to get out of, to find a market rent place, right? I tell people all the time, there's nothing, most people do not want to go to a, go see a a, a housing specialist every year, tell them how much you make, give them your W-2s. Most people don't want to do that. So when they get an opportunity, they're going to get out of there. so yeah. no, I, I we have to rest there, right? Because the perception of somebody who needs a home or somebody that may be low income mm-hmm. is it gets more and more distorted the further you are away from that human right. being, and that's why another reason why I appreciate your social work gene that's mm-hmm. in you as a county manager for so many lives. There are perceptions around. Um, laziness or perception around intelligence mm-hmm. or perception around race or perception, I mean, that that drives how people make decisions around policy for people who don't, who need a home. Right. And so I appreciate that you're sitting at a, a seat where you're driving decisions uh, and you see people appropriately. Well, I had, um, I, I won't say his name, but that first job I had, um, this gentleman pulled me aside one day who lived in the 236 property, and he started telling me about, all right, do you own a house? I said, no. He said, you need to buy a house, and here's what you need to do, and blah, blah, blah. And I guess I had a look on my face. <laughs> and he said, you look surprised that I know all this. And I, was, and I started stammering. <laughs> and he said, look, he said, let me tell you about me. He said, I wasn't always here. Wow. He said, I own two homes. My wife and I were doing well. His wife got sick. She lost her job. He lost his job to take care of her. her. They lost their home, and that's how he ended up in this 236 property, right? But he had led a full life. And to me, it just, you know, it it reinforced 
the message from my father that, you know, none of us are better than That's anyone right. else. That's right. And any of us can be in that position at any time because he never thought he would be in that position. That's right. right? Now, so. I, I have a couple more questions. Sure. <laughs> a couple. Um, one is around decision-making. Mm-hmm. Now, when people are electing someone, they're electing them to make decisions on a range of issues. Mm-hmm. When you're hired, you're hired to make decisions on a range of issues. But who you are as a human being matter mm-hmm. in how you make decisions. And so in terms of decision-making, what are the... What are the processes you go through as a human being, and then what are the processes you go through as a professional to make decisions? Yeah, so I think we're all shaped, as you alluded to, um, we're all shaped by our background, our upbringing, um, our education. And so, you know, one of the things that I do with my team is I get feedback from them, Mm -hmm. right? I talk to them. We all, we will get in a room and, We'll kind of go through, and, and, and budget is a really good um, example. And we will challenge each other. They will challenge me in a heartbeat. And mm-hmm. One of the things I, I told them, each of them when they were hired was, I don't want you just to agree with me. If mm-hmm. you see that if there's a fallacy in my decision-making, I want you to tell me and tell me why, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, in the end, I may make a dis- I still may go with the decision that I made, but yes. I want them to feel comfortable bringing that up to me because we all have our own blind spots, right? Yes. I have my blind yes. spots. Others have their blind spots. But luckily, the group that I work with, um, they're so diverse in their background and upbringing and education that our blind spots aren't the same. That's so good. Um, and so I will, get a, I will get all kinds of feedback from them, and I'll kind of mull it over. Um, if I have to make a decision right away, I will, but I usually like to sleep on it. Yes. Um, and then I'll come back and make that decision. Now, uh, I want to sort of uh, close out the, the, our conversation today with just two questions. One, you're in a very powerful position. Mm-hmm. Um, you're responsible for a lot of funding, a, a lot of human beings, both staff and individuals living within the county. And most people don't even know you exist. Mm-hmm. How do you empower those who may be far from your your table of decision making? How 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 can they feel empowered um, at the county level? We've had somebody from the city. We have we had city man, we city uh, uh, council members in here, mm-hmm. and they shared how they tried to. How can people listen and say, "Man, listen, this individual is holding a lot of power," or his organization holds a lot of power. Um, what are ways in which they can influence or be a part of that process, that 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 power sharing um, to future directions? You know, I, I believe sometimes we, um, we focus so much on the federal and state that we don't focus on what's going on locally, right? Sure. And so what's going on in your town? What's going on in your county? And those are where a lot of decisions are made, you know, funding for the school system. Um, when you think about um, uh, EMS, we talked about EMS and making sure we have enough vehicles and people throughout the county that people can be, can be seen when they need to be seen. We, you know, we stream a lot of our meetings. We, um, 
Uh, we meet the first and third Mondays of the month. We just had a meeting yesterday at two o'clock and there were maybe maybe five people in the audience that weren't mm-hmm. staff. And I get it, you know, it was at two o'clock, but even at our five o'clock meetings, we don't get a, a large turnout now. On one hand, that means um, we haven't messed anything up, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, 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 but I think on the other hand, you know, there's an opportunity for them to engage with their elected officials, um, talk about what their priorities are. And, um, you know, one of the things we've done the last couple of years is we've had um, budget meetings out in the municipalities. Mm. So we went north and south and then east and west. Um, very low turnouts, right? Yeah. Um, but I say all that, and I'm going to, I'm going to also say it's a different day, right? Mm. Technology makes That's things so differently, That's makes so things good. different. And so our board gets a number of emails or correspondence to our clerk's office. And so I, I don't know if we're going to ever return back to the days where you have kind of a um, a town hall meeting and people show up and and, and they're going to tell you what their priorities are when it's easier to yeah. zip out an email and know that's that it's going to be read, know that it's going to be digested. So no, That's good. And I I, uh, I share all the time that in that basement at Shaw University, mm-hmm. which is not too far from here, the sit-ins were negotiated, mm-hmm. strategy was built, trainings, and it changed the country. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize that the sit-ins, that's a local issue. Right. <laughs> you are. <laughs> that's That's local. I mean, yep. desegregating the schools, mm-hmm. that is local. Is. <laughs> Bus boycott, mm-hmm. that is local. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I've tried to tell them, like, the, the resume for local activism. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Yes. And so I appreciate you highlighting mm-hmm. that they're, the, 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 the weight of local decisions is extremely significant. Mm-hmm. And you can't overlook your county manager. You can't overlook your city manager. You can't overlook your commissioners, mm-hmm. your council members. And so I just thank you, uh, uh, David Ellis, for operating at this time in our country where it's tremendous, there's tremendous changes, how people want to work, live, Mm -hmm. travel, um, engage. And uh, and so your vision, your leadership during this season has been wonderful. How can people follow you, follow, follow David Ellis, your work, Mm -hmm. um, um, how can they get in touch with you and follow you? Sure. Um, and so on, is it X? I guess X now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and Thread, it's a uh, wait. If you uh, type in Wake County Manager, I'll pop up and um, I'll post some things on occasion or the our comms department will post some things. Um, they can email me. They can call me. Um, we're, we're working on some email mitigation <laughs> strategies. Um, so, but, um, you know, I think I usually try to get back to people. I had a gentleman call me one day who was um, wanted to know why we didn't fund, fully fund the school system. And so I called him back and we had a conversation. And when I told him, I said, well, I said, I recommended an additional 40 from last year. And the board added, he goes, oh, I didn't know that, right? But it was just a good conversation, yes. right? Because sometimes people miss, you know, they, right. they may see the headlines, but That's not right. the details. And so, and in the conversation, he was, you know, was like thankful, glad we had the opportunity to talk. And I encouraged him. I said, you know, next year when budget meetings come on out, you know, wow. it's an opportunity. And so, um, I, you know, I think, let me just, I think going to budget meetings or sending in uh, correspondence about your budget priorities is important. But I also think, 
um, being engaged throughout yeah. the course of the year, you know, yeah. following what's going on. Yes. Parks, um, greenways, you know, those decisions are being made. And, you know, sometimes if we don't, if the board doesn't hear from folks. Yeah. So. That's yeah. And I, I just, I want to close out with a story um, from a faith leader who shared mm-hmm. um, their call to action from being in a meeting with you. And uh, we have uh, a foster care system mm-hmm. who is in need of foster parents tremendously. And most individuals who are leading government entities are used to uh, contracting with other organizations to accomplish certain goals and objectives. This faith leader said that there was a call to action of the faith community to step in. And and again, historically, social work was birthed out of the faith tradition and much of the responsibility of foster parents, I mean, foster parenting and caring for the homeless was was at the doorstep of the faith community mm-hmm. historically. Yeah. And uh, so before it became your obligation, it was the, it was the faith community's obligation. And so um, he, he appreciated you honoring that history and placing emphasis on a community that was once at the forefront of these issues and have been sort of, they, in their perception, been pushed more to the back of that conversation. Um, and so he said, there's a call to action to try to find parents for 500 kids or over 500 kids. Um, and also there's a call to action to activate affordable housing through the faith community. Mm-hmm. And so I just appreciate you not just sitting in your role and walk up, operate through sort of orthodox mm-hmm. traditional methods, but also engaging people who feel that their voice have been relegated to the backseat. You know, I, I, foster care for me is, is is really personal. And I look at where we are now and I just go, we have got to do better, right? We have got to do better. Um, we have gone from and COVID's and around COVID, I think we had around 200 foster care families. We're down to less than 100 wow. now. Wow. Um, and I sat not this past July, but uh, July of 21, July of 22, I went down to the African-American Cultural Arts Festival and I sat at the foster care booth. And I engaged and watched staff engage with um, people who were interested or who were walking by. And, you know, there were a number of folks who were tired, right? They were kind of the elders of the community. Like, they've they've put in their work. But there also were others who you could just tell um, there was a perception that these mm. kids were broke. Wow. Right? Wow. And, you wow. know, one of the things we're working on now is, you know, we, we have to change that narrative, wow. right? Um, these kids may have had challenges, but they're overcoming those challenges. Wow. And you can help them overcome those challenges. And so um, I... I I am focused on that. Um, our, we, our human services, health and human services director, Annette Bowler, has been working on some things with her staff. You know, no one wants kids, no one wants children to go into foster care, right? But there are cases where it's in the best interest of that child and that family for a temporary stay. And so I think this community can do better. Um, I, You alluded to, I don't think we've tapped into the faith organizations as much as we could. Um, 
And that's, I've, I had, you know, I had that one meeting and I actually have on my calendar to schedule another one because I think I'd like to activate, really activate them, right? Um, so, yeah. now, again, thank you for your leadership. Um, and also thank you to the listeners uh, for um, tuning in every episode and supporting the podcast. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to hear about a position that most people don't even know exists. For you to hear how decisions are made, how budgets are sort of thought through, but also to see the human beings <laughs> that are making the decision. I think that's most significant. Um, but again, uh, Illogical by Truth is trying to make sense of local government for people who don't live and operate in that space. And so hopefully today you've, you've had a nugget from David Ellis in terms of what does it mean to be a county manager? Um, and hopefully many of you get a chance to reach out to your county manager, wherever you are, or your city manager, wherever you are. Um, and just to learn more about that role, that role is very significant. They are the ones that do the work <laughs> after the policy is made. And so thank you again for tuning in. Thank you again for supporting Your Logical by Truth. Um, until again, uh, you have a wonderful evening. Thank you.